2: Hello and welcome to Off The Beaten Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, I'm chatting to Tamsin Athwaite, and it's a wonderful chat. You're in for a real treat. Um, before we press play uh, on the music chat, just a few thank yous. Um, big thanks to Scroobius Pip and everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network and a massive thank you uh, to 76 for producing this podcast. Also, if you're you like your podcasts and, uh, and you want to know what other ones exist in the world and, uh, and you want a heads up on some, some exciting new podcasts and such, then why not check out podbiblemag.com and uh, have a look over there and it's, uh, it's a one-stop shop for all things podcasting. Um, and if this is your first time listening to Off The beaten Track podcast uh, and you like listening to uh, creative people, Telling their stories and the records that have been important on their story, then uh, why not have a look in the uh, back catalogue? You can catch episodes from Amanda Abington, Maxine Peak, Michael Smiley, uh, James Lavelle, Chic. Um, oh, the list goes on. Go and have a, a rummage in the archives, and I'm sure you'll find uh, something that will tickle your fancy. Let's get back to today's episode. Please enjoy Off the Beaten Track with Tamsin Hathway. <laughs> It's off the Beat and Track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Right, we are recording. Sitting opposite me today via the means of Zoom, Tamsin Athwaite. Hello.
0: Hello. You are alright? Right? Yeah, very good, thank
2: you. So, we've had a brief chat talking about the, uh, the, 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 the life changing wonder that has been Zoom over the last few months. And.
0: Before,
2: still, still can't get it. Yeah, it's uh, we're in now. We can see each other, we can hear each other. That's the main yeah. thing. Um, Tamsin, before we, we, we mention records, how have you found the last uh, where are we now? Four nearly five months into lockdown. How have you found it? Um, as Tamsin, the uh, the, the mum and family person, and Tamsin, the creative,
0: um. I found the very beginning, the very first couple of weeks, extremely daunting. And I found homeschooling very daunting and all quite overwhelming, but really only for a couple of weeks. And then I started, I was involved in this thing called dumb breeding, which we shot at home around our houses, That Julie Graham wrote. And then once I was being creative, it felt like I was being useful again. Yeah, And it, a few eye-openers, really, about how, like, how on earth I've gone through life thinking that my job isn't that important. And I'm not that, you know, I mean, it's just part of me. It mm. doesn't define me. And a few things happened, a few pennies dropped over the, where I was like, God, do I need my job that much? Yeah, you know, is it, does my work define me? Because you feel pretty, I'll tell you what it is. When you go onto a set or to a theatre, you feel quite appreciated because you've earned your place there. Yeah. Whether it's through an audition or, you know. And so there's something about feeling very appreciated at work. Yeah. It's not, a, it's not like a, um it's a, not an adoring thing. It's about someone knowing your value. And of course, as a mum, your kids don't learn to appreciate you till later in life, really. So at home, not being a great homeschooler, not being on top of everything and, and that organised did make me feel pretty um, substandard, I should say. And and then I just took it, started to take it all in my stride. And the minute you stop trying, it all falls into place.
2: I I, I totally agree, Tamsin. I think it, it, it is always that kind of initial when this all happened, this was obviously uncharted waters for all of us. And I think it was just that initial knee (laughs) jerk of like, holy shit, what's happening to us? Do you know what I mean? And then, you know, a little bit of reflection. And then I think everything starts to just kind of settle in and you just kind of readapt. And I think that that, that's when you sort of pick up your, uh, you know, your new pace in whatever that is.
0: Yeah. And I think that, did you feel like, I'm quite good at doing nothing normally. I don't need something to do. I like having something to do, but I'm a good potterer. I like to potter around the house, you know, clearing rooms out as we speak, you know. And so I kind of, I don't know about you, but I rebelled against what I was meant to do, which was clean out cupboards and be nesting. And I thought, no, I do that normally. Yeah, I'm not doing that now. I would do that in a normal day, so no. And I suppose it's it's that thing of being told what you should be doing. Like I went very anti-fitness at the beginning, put on quite a bit of weight, and then sorted it out by the end and lost it all again.
2: Yeah, I kind of <laughs> done all of that the other way round. Did you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I, what? I'm not you a part of fitness at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, I went crazy on it when when you was did allowed. You? Um, all my mates did. When you just let out once a day, I was like, oh, this is amazing. And and because at the time, like, where I live, there's a few parks near me. And and so it was really nice to to go out. And and as much as, you know, it was the horror of what was happening was was responsible for this, there was no cars on the road, Tamsin. There was no airplanes in the sky. When it started, the weather was glorious.
0: Glorious. Everyone
2: was missing that human connection. So if I was out running and I saw someone walking the dog, everybody was saying, like, hello from however far away and yeah. you know, everybody's being super friendly and it just felt like the planet was resetting itself a little bit oh no, and I like, kind of like that and yeah but, but then like quite a few people I do all of that but of an evening initially it was still felt like kind of airport mode like holiday mode I was like oh, I can have a beer now you know it's seven yes. o'clock and and then I started to think hang on a minute
0: we're on holiday
2: I'm not on holiday like you know I'm in lockdown and I've probably had a beer for like every night for the last three weeks it's like
0: yeah
2: I think I need to maybe stop that and yeah and 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 then I think that was that was my knee-jerk kind of reaction to it all and then you just settle in and and it was this it was the podcasting that, that, that that really kind of got me focused again and got me connecting with people because I run a nightclub so that's that's one of the big things that I love doing is, is seeing hundreds of people every weekend. And
0: so to, how have you dealt with not having a nightclub? Um, th-
2: it's, it's been strange. It's Friday night and I, I should be going there this evening. I've been there every Friday and Saturday, Tamsin, for the last 28 years. And so it's been very strange that I've not actually stepped foot in there for, for nearly five months. So it's quite wow. It's quite bizarre. but But what's been quite interesting is... The, the the flip side of it is I've been doing this podcast for quite a few years now and I've spoke to loads of amazing people, but it's invariably meant I've had to try and arrange a time when these people are free to come to my studio, which is a lot more laborious than going, have you got 45 minutes on Zoom? And then Yeah, that. of
1: course. That
2: means that, and, and, and the, the downside of this means lots of creatives, whether they be musicians, you know, actors, producers, whatever are at home not working yes. so the little kind of silver lining for, for me as a podcaster is I'm now getting to speak to people that that do have a bit more time you know
0: and also don't you haven't a lot of people found comforting podcasts a
2: hundred percent you know it's you,
0: been like a therapy for me yeah I feel like
2: definitely. I feel
0: like I've done one at least once a week wonderful and you know, at times you forget that you're talking to somebody that isn't a therapist. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it feels like, God, this has been like lockdown therapy for me, yeah. talking about all different things on podcasts, not like one subject of how you're getting on with lockdown.
2: Yeah.
0: Everything. And also when I I think when we come out of lockdown, I don't know about you, but I don't really want to be talking about lockdown or watching things about lockdown.
2: God no. The the news is not on in my house anymore. Isn't it? Uh, oh, I can't deal with it because I know it's just half an hour of scaremongering and and you know unpleasantness and stuff that I'm not going to get any po- anything positive from. So I think no. I'll, I'll leave that over there. You know what will be. Will and also, be.
0: one little thing on the news, or you can be watching a program that freaks you out and scares you, and that thing can really ruin your whole day. Hundred percent. Like it's. I think it's it, it's hard work staying positive. You have to work at it. Definitely. But, but finding the things that keep you positive and working at that has been one of my little trials of lockdown. That You know, I know yoga helps me. I know meditation helps me. I hate the fact that I don't naturally love exercise, but I like to do things where you suddenly you're looking and you've got done 10,000 steps and you haven't even noticed it. Because yeah. you're, you know. So I, I think staying positive is, it's, for our mental health, it's actually our job. So if you turn the news on and that triggers you into some kind of dark space, which at the moment it's very easy to do. 100%. Then just cut it out. Yeah. Cut, cut whatever it is that's negative out.
2: Well, should we talk about the positives uh, of music of and nostalgia? Music. Yeah. Let's do that. Um, Tamsin, what's the song with the greatest ever intro? <sighs>
0: Wish You Were Here. Pink Floyd.
2: Oh, wonderful. I, I mean, was I that. Think, was,
0: I, I used to listen to that all, because my parents had Dark Side of the Moon and Wish You Hear All of Them on vinyl. Yeah. And I used to listen to that all the time. Yeah. And then I remember being on a holiday when I was in my early 20s and rediscovering it. And listening to it whilst in like Tenerife or Galanzarotti or somewhere, and looking up at the stars with my mates, listening to "Wish You Were Here," "Shine On You Crazy Diamonds," just all of that. Really,
2: they're beautiful records, absolutely yeah. beautiful records. And and I, they, I, they knew how to do an
0: intro, though, didn't they?
2: Yeah, and that's a really interesting one. "Wish You Were Here" because it starts with that little kind of guitar line. That's quite quiet, and then the guitar.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And it takes so long to build, and and I like it when guests pick intros like that because so many people will go something that's instantly like bang, and you're in. Whereas that's yeah. a really nice gradual kind slow of, burn. Yeah. So you, you mentioned uh, your parents had Floyd uh, records and that, so. Growing up, was was there there records on at home a lot?
0: Yes. So at home, there was a mixture of like Daryl Hall and John Oates, who I remember my parents going to see in concert. And they had a season ticket for the Rainbow in Finsbury Park, Seven Sisters. And it meant, I don't know what, they they built a year's ticket. So they went to see everything. So my very first concert that I went to see, I was nine, and my dad couldn't go, so I went with my mum, and it was ELO. Wow. And I remember being the only child there. Yeah. Um, And it wasn't until much later in life that I rediscovered ELO. Yeah.
2: Um,
0: But I think my my parents had a lot of Hall & Oates, and then a lot of, like, the four tops, uh, Stevie Wonder and Marvin Gaye. Yeah. Uh, a lot of soul, a lot of Motown. Yeah, Dionne Warwick, Diana Ross, loads of Motown, really. And then the kind of rock was really Pink Floyd and Hall and Oates, if yeah. you can call it that.
2: That's a that's yeah. a nice little array of music to get exposed to at a young age.
0: Yeah, I oh. mean, I remember, and also I remember Elkie Brooks being a big favourite. Yeah, and Carole King and Joni Mitchell.
2: Yeah. Oh, and
0: now they're my favourites. Joni Mitchell, Carole King, all day long.
2: Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful records. Yeah. Um, Was there any other intros that got considered before you settled on Floyd?
0: Yeah, I, my, because you, I think I always go to In The Air Tonight, Phil Collins. Yes,
2: of course. And
0: I think it's because I've just rediscovered that recently because my daughter... Plays the drums and she wants she's just had to give it up for a bit, mainly because of COVID, and she wants to get back into it. Yeah. When she heard the drums on that, I think it was kind of exposed again recently with something on um two young guys. I yeah. think they were hip-hop artists and That's they listened right. to it. Yeah. And they and, and they were just blown away by it. So we listened to it again yeah. because and I think that came up as well because it was so fresh in my mind and and the intro feels like it goes on until that drum riff yeah it doesn't because the song started yeah you do feel like somewhere like it's
2: all leading up to it though isn't it yeah that's the payoff when that comes that is the payoff
0: yeah um, Definitely.
2: okay so for track two Tamsin I'm going to ask you the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you
0: First song that I remember hearing that I mean, music makes me emotional, so Mm -hmm. I I, I would have thought that it could have been something like musical theatre. Oh, really? Yeah, because I remember the first musical film I saw was West Side Story, and I was very young, and I remember hearing like Maria from West Side Story, and then later in life, hearing a version that Marvin Gaye does of Maria. Mm. which barely anyone's heard. And I just found it on this, on this CD. And that brought it all back again. And it's still, it sends shivers up my spine now. So I suppose Maria from West Side Story and then Marvin Gaye singing it as yeah. well.
2: Yeah. What would that emotion have been?
0: I don't know, but I think it's, it's, I mean, it's the story of Romeo and Juliet. So West Side Story is about the, um, you know, the uh, two different sides of the track, two different groups, different sides of the track, falling in love. And I suppose it's that and the fact that I came from an Italian family and so it's a running gag because all our middle names are Maria. Right. And so, you know, Francesca Maria, Tamsin Maria, everyone's called Maria. And it's, I think, is it The Sopranos or one of those films that they talk about that in that... All the, like, everyone is called Tony or Maria. Yeah. And so it's quite similar in my family, but middle names. Yeah. My nan's Maria. And I think hearing Maria felt like, as a young kid, Yeah, like it was somewhere written for you, you know?
2: So so where was you as, as a young kid? Where was you born?
0: Born in Ilford in Essex. Okay. Brought up in Clayhall. And then, where were we? Mainly, like all around Essex, Loughton, Woodford, round there, really. I didn't move to North London until, well, about the year two thousand. Right, so twenty years now.
2: Yeah. Um, well, it's nice to have a fellow Essex person on the podcast.
0: Are you Essex? Yeah. <laughs> Are you? You know, I feel bad though because I've never seen an episode of TOWIE. Nor have I. Haven't you?
2: No, no. I, I don't. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want Essex to be looked upon like that. I. I, I think. You know, Essex should be looked upon for some incredible creative geniuses. You know, yeah. there's there's some amazing music and some amazing actors. You know, and producers yeah. and that, and DJs that have all come out of Essex. And I think yeah. that's that's what we. No, I agree. Shining the I agree. light
0: on. And also, it has beautiful countryside. It really does. Like the, So yeah. you, you, know, it's not just what people how you have this image in your head of what Essex yes. is, and I don't know what Tower we but I should imagine it's. It's quite affluent.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. What? I I live very close to where where that's filmed. Do and, you? Uh, what now? Yeah, yeah. Where do
0: you live then? So
2: I, I live in a place called North Greys, and uh,
0: Greys in Essex. Now, didn't there used to be a club there?
2: Yes. <laughs>
0: Is that your club? No. What was the club in Greys it called? It was
2: called Pizzazz.
0: But I remember there was Zeros and Tots
2: Right, so Tots, Tots, Tots shut At Christmas, Tots was in Southend that, At Christmas that this year? Yeah, yeah But it's
0: been open all that time
2: Yeah, and so my club is in between them I've got the kind of the 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 kind of alternative rock club my club's called the pink toothbrush and that's like that's that's in rayleigh that's in between um but yeah and zeros was by the airport in south end that that shut probably 15 or more years ago okay uh, i remember it was a
0: proper trip from woodford or that is a mission to there to go to a club
2: so, Ilford would have been. I oh, would get on to this, and so I'm, I'm going to ask you about yeah, clubbing yeah, yeah. later, anyway. But um, let, let's stay in in the formative years, Tamsin. Yeah. And uh, the song that reminds you of your time at school. Or oh.
0: <laughs> the song that reminds me of my time at school is something we used to just do, do make up dances to in the playground. Like this is as a proper nipper. Yeah. Um, and it will have been Bucks Fizz. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Because Bucks fears, when they won the Eurovision, it was literally like the best thing that had ever happened to our yep. country yep. for a kid. And, you know, making your mind up with the skirts was yep. something we would do in the playground. And there'll be a group of us in primary school and and you know, we'd all and people would not you today, sorry, she can come in. Do you want her to have a go today? You know, and then we'd all be like making your mind up, let's feed it up. Still know the
2: dance, didn't you? And <laughs> you gotta slow
0: it down. Yeah. And and the skirts coming off. Yeah. You know, all of that was risque. And I just loved it. I really loved it. I loved the two boys and the two girls.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, it was all very kind of sanitised really, wasn't it? Yeah. It, it. It, Clinical, it, I mean, it was almost Rod Jane and Freddie.
2: Completely. Yeah, completely. It was you know Rod Jane I mean and Freddie with Freda. a little bit more lacquer. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. And,
0: uh,
2: but it's so true. What, what are you saying? Like, nah. Like, Eurovision, I, I guess in the last five years has kind of had a bit of a resurgence and it's become a bit more of a, you know, people who have Eurovision parties and things like that. Yeah. But it was ridiculously uncool for years and years and years. But, Back then, like as you said, when the fizz won that, that was the fizz. <laughs> That's so good! It was up there with Tall and Dean winning, like the Olympics, yes. wasn't it? Yes. It was such yeah. a moment. It
0: and, was a moment,
2: and so Tall
0: and Dean and, and Bucks Fizz were huge.
2: Yeah, massively, and 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 I think like. I mean, as, as I'm trying to think, I'm 47, so I would have been probably about, I don't know, when did they win? 81, something like that? 80, yeah, you'd Yeah. So I would have been seven or eight, and I remember even then yeah. having a huge crush on Cheryl Baker. Just thinking. Yeah, you didn't. And thinking that the two fellas were so cool. I thought they had the best hair. striped like
0: jumpers. Yeah. I mean, they were a bit bee-jeezy, weren't yeah,
2: they? Yeah, definitely.
0: Definitely. But that was all the fashion anyway. What was, <laughs>
2: yeah. the, what was the other one? There
0: was Cheryl and the other one was called Jay. Jay Aston. Aston. Mm. She
2: looked a
0: bit saucy. Yeah,
2: yeah. But she, something naughty about her. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I think Jay Aston was like, was, was sort of out of your league. But Cheryl Baker, you would have seen her in Tesco's. Yes,
0: <laughs> and she looked very, very approachable.
2: <laughs> definitely, definitely, And like
0: she'd be your mum's mate.
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I always sort of imagine like she'd be like an Avon lady on the side. <laughs>
0: yes, and as my mum was an Avon lady. <laughs> really? <she was> <laughs> <laughs> is that
2: still a thing? That was a massive thing. You know yeah. what, it
0: is still a thing because I, in I think it was 2002, I was the face of Avon for three years. Right. Like the makeup and stuff. <laughs> yeah when I came out of EastEnders, and it was a brilliant contract. We were, were like, filming commercials in Capri and New York. Wow. Calendars, and oh, it was a great gig. I loved it. Um, and they loved the fact that my mum had been an Avon lady yeah. earlier in, because it still goes on. It still happens. I mean, Avon is still a thing. I don't know how much of a thing coming into everybody's houses with the stock is anymore.
2: Yeah.
0: I should imagine that's probably not done so much but you can order it online. Brilliant. I don't work from anymore.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so um, how did you find school, Tamsin? How was it?
0: Oh, well, I think I, I, think I was quite a goody two-shoes in a way mm-hmm. till I got to my teens, and then I was pretty much a tear away for a while yeah. until I found what I really wanted to do. So school as a kid, was I quite, I quite enjoyed it. I think I was a bit of a people pleaser. Mm -hmm. So I quite liked, I worked very well on praise, shall we say. Yeah. So, um, but it wasn't until I was a teenager and then having to do exams and I'd found this amateur dramatic group, which was taking up all my time and there were boys in it as well, you know. So what goes hand in hand with that was like, we're all rehearsing, the music man with this amateur dramatic group called Stage Struck Dr- Youth Theatre. Yeah. And you, and I'm 12 or 13 years old. But, you know, there's exams to be done at school, but I've got lines to learn. So it was yeah. a great distraction. And then I've got boys to see that were in the group. Yeah. You know, and I, abs- I, I think I loved it. Yeah. But when people say, oh, school, best years of your life, nah, they're definitely not.
2: Yeah. So... <laughs> For somebody that as 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 you know, that, that, that was getting the early taste of of um acting, you know, which has obviously gone on to, you know, be a huge part of your life, like uh, uh, back then at school, did you like did you like the attention and was you confident?
0: Yeah, I mean I liked it. I don't know if it was the attention, I liked the buzz yeah. of being on stage. The actual chemical serotonin buzz yeah. of either standing on stage and watching somebody else be so brilliant that it's buzzing you,
2: Yeah.
0: or you're in some kind of magical energy where you're all singing and dancing at the same time, and there's nothing that beats that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and and you learn it from stage. You you learn it from theatre. You don't you don't get that buzz. When you start doing TV, I don't think. Yeah. So I, I think you fight. Well, I mean, there are moments where you definitely do. But you, when you train as an actor, you train in theatre. So that's the beginning, really.
2: Yeah.
0: So I suppose once I would found this amateur dramatic group, I was that was it. I was in.
2: Yeah.
0: I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. So then my school years became like. Didn't I mean to be honest? I never found out what O, I was the last year of O-Levels and we didn't get them sent to us. You went to the school to pick them up.
2: Yeah.
0: And I'd auditioned for drama schools and other schools and I'd got into a a few schools and I had a choice and then I I auditioned for like a grant for a, and I got a scholarship into the school from Essex County Council. Right. In the days of them paying for everything for you, which was just wonderful, which now they don't do. And I didn't go to the school to collect my results. I didn't even go. Really? Because I'd got into where I wanted to get into. My mum did tell me afterwards that I got five O-levels or five Bs. or I remember there being a five, but I was so uninterested yeah. because I, I knew I, I'd got drama and I knew I'd got English. And they they were the only two that I needed to do what I wanted to do. So Um, I don't know what happened. I mean, I think I took nine and I know I've got five, but I don't know what happened with the others, if I failed. or One of them I didn't turn up to or I went on the wrong day because that's what happened. I basically found, like, theatre and then nothing else mattered. You know, I wasn't about to be... Anything but that. After once I've found theatre, really,
2: it's weird, though, isn't it? That that I guess to some people that might sound like bananas, or- like, but it's not, is it? It's if anything, it's it's you are focused. You know exactly what you want to do. You know you've got uh, yeah. what you needed to facilitate what you wanted to do, and yeah, you know that's
0: I'm not really, I'm not scared of hard work. And I'd already done lots of like jobs. I worked out a market. I worked in a shoe shop, you know, and I'd done, my dad used to rent videos out with a mobile video company. And I, you know, I'd done the round for him many times. I used to deliver leaflets. I wasn't scared. I, I just wanted to earn money and have independence. Yeah. The independence was massive. So yeah, I think I just, I was focused. Yeah, I was focused. But now with this lockdown, you know, I also am now quite focused on, all oh, because I love acting and it is a passion. But if you can't survive on the with how irregular it is because of COVID, I mean, mm-hmm. then what else could I do? And there are still lots of things that I want to do, but I certainly don't need O-levels for them.
2: Yeah. It is strange turns in it's like you know i've I've got my 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 children like seventeen and 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 just turned sixteen, so that you know thankfully they they they're either side of the exam thing that's just happened where you uh. know, so where you know so many kids you know didn't get what they you know deserved yeah. and, and and it is strange because my youngest one feels like she's so far behind and she's got her exams and and like you know, my wife's a accountant, so she's you know studious and he's like you know this whereas – I've always just kind of worked for myself, being very, you know, in creative fields where I'm of that mindset. Of, oh, look, fuck it. Don't worry about it. Like, Amazing. you know, you're, you'll, find your, you'll find your way. And it's like, but you, you, it's, you're not meant to tell no. your kids that. Are you? you can't tell your kids that. Like.
0: Well, you want them to do well, but you don't want the anxiety that it
2: yeah. could bring. Exactly so, that, exactly that.
0: I mean, I want my kids to do really well, but if they're under pressure and they're feeling anxious, and let's face it, there's enough angst in the world. Totally. For for adults and kids should be being kids. That's why my homeschooling went apart, and I just said, you know, do what you can. Don't stress out. I'm not going to come out of this lockdown with some hideous mental, you know, completely. I, yeah. So anyway,
2: hello. I've interrupted the podcast again, haven't I? Sorry. It won't take a sec. All I want to say is, the songs that we're talking about in this podcast. If we can't play them, it's just because of the. Regulations regarding playing licensed music and such. So, if you want to hear the songs, just go over to Spotify and search Off the Beat and Track Podcast, and you can listen to all the songs because I've put playlists up for each of these. If you can't find it on there, I'll send links on all the social media accompanying each episode. So, you've just got to press that one button and you can go through and you can enjoy all the songs that our guest picks. Um, Tamsin, what was the first record you remember buying?
0: Um, it was, I'm in the mood for dancing by the Nolan sisters. <laughs> <It is. laughs> I remember that very clearly. And it was at our price in Barkinside.
2: Our uh, price. It's, I, I, I love hearing where people, cause I, I generally, you know, ask people where they bought them and just the, the, the places where people would have bought records back then. Like, you're not, you know, most people chime in with, with Woolies. You know, went to oh, all the yeah, work like that, but like people forget that like Boots, the chemist, sold records I know. and like, and you know, and like news agents would have like little carousels of records in it and I things know. like that. And it was like so
0: weird when you think about it now. Yeah. It was our price, and HMV was much later, wasn't yeah, it?
2: Definitely, definitely. So was,
0: there was another one along with our price that was the record store to go to when something was coming out.
2: Right. So what um, did you? Where was this in Ilford?
0: Barkinside in, yeah. in Essex. Yeah, Barkinside, Ilford, Essex. Just on the corner, big red front, opposite Rossi's Ice Cream. And I'll just never forget, like, by holding it like it's gold. Yeah. Seven inch. So,
2: yeah. uh, have you got to meet a Nolan's in, in your oh, time? yeah. <laughs> have you had the conversation?
0: I think I told Colin because I know Colleen, because I've been on Loose Women loads of times, but yeah. when I was... One of my first West End jobs was in Greece, the musical at the Dominion Theatre. Right. With Craig McLaughlin. Yeah. Debbie Gibson. And Shane Ritchie.
2: Right, of course.
0: Shane Ritchie was married to Colleen at the time. yeah. So I saw a lot of her. So, yeah. And the the Nolan sisters were massive for me then. Five women all together with the flicks. I mean... (laughs) It was the hair, wasn't it? The flick. Yeah. (laughs) And you wanted the hair. And, I mean, it did... It wasn't a long-standing love affair with the Nolans for me. It was very much my first entry into buying my own records.
2: Yeah, yeah, I get that.
0: Because you're not going to buy what your parents had in their house. Yeah. So you're going to buy something different. And I think then as you grow up, you rediscover that your parents had much better taste than you when you
2: were young. <laughs> yes. yeah. The amount of times I thought my parents were so uncool, like as they'd be sitting there listening to like Motown compilations and I'd be like, yeah, seriously, if you not, uh, shut up your face. It's amazing. And it's <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, fast forward five years, you think, okay, all I'm right. I'm
0: sure we all bought that. Of course. Of course. Uh, shut up
2: your
0: face. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so good. So, uh, let's let's pick up on on clubbing then for Track 5, Tamsin, and the song that soundtracked uh, your time clubbing.
0: This is a hard one for me because um, Firestarter has always been massive for me. I mean, I know Liam anyway, and it was just huge. We used to sing it to my brother because he was obsessed with fire. <laughs> I loved the actual song, but when I it, There are different phases of my clubbing. I don't know about, you've probably got this too, but when I was doing musical theatre, a lot of musical theatre in town, I went through a phase of clubbing with all my gay friends and it was gay clubs in town. Mm-hmm. So that period reminds me, like the song there is the dance mix of Mariah Carey's Dream Lover. Yeah. So that for me, when you heard that come on, was just like, and we'd be in trade which didn't open till four in the morning. Yes. So we'd do two shows on a Saturday night um, it, at, when we were doing Greece at the Dominion Theatre. Everyone would go home for a disco nap. or And then you'd go out there at 4am. And that was the song for those days. Yeah. But for my, what I, I call like my straight clubbing days, yeah. it was Firestarter.
2: Yeah. What a record. Um, I know. And,
0: just amazing. He's got talents from Essex as well. Oh, I
2: was about to say fiercely proud. They're, they're homegrown yeah. heroes as well. And, yeah, just a insanely tragic loss to, to, ah, to, to have lost Keith. It was like, awful. you know, uh, and, and for someone that, you know, and, and for that band, and, you know, never overlook the genius that is Liam and, and the fact that, ah. you know, he, he got metal kids raving he got ravers rocking, you know. I know you so nice. Threw it all in the pot, you know, and you know, and just made this anarchic, even a bit
0: of reggae in there at times. Everything,
2: everything I know, went in there. You know, you could tell his love of hip hops there, and it just yeah. this just this ridiculous Fusion, noise, isn't it? Oh, it's incredible, absolutely incredible.
0: Um, There's never a time that I can, you know, I, I can put a prodigy album on. And it's never, it's never not that right time, you know, like even though it's hardcore, it flips so much in one album.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That, and it, yeah,
2: and it doesn't, it hasn't aged at all. Like if you, yeah. uh, you know, it says, that's very much the sort of music that gets played in, in my venue. And you put Firestarter on there and it, I'm not even going to try and think how old it is because it's going to make me feel old. But, yeah. uh, but it doesn't sound like he came come out that long ago. No, it, still sounds, it still stands shoulder to shoulder with, yeah. you know, huge we'll wrestlers that are like coming face. up no, exactly, exactly.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, Tamsi, when you went clubbing, like, what did you want from clubbing?
0: Um, the first, I remember Ilford Palais used to have a thing on a Saturday afternoon from four till seven where you could go between the ages of 13 and 18. So... Mm-hmm. No alcohol was served, but that was my first experience of being able to dance in a club. Yeah. And so my thing was dancing. Mm. So I wanted to rock, not really necessarily rock out, but it's yeah, physically to let go. Yeah. And so I knew I loved doing that between the ages of 12 and 18 when I'd go to Ilford Palais and you knew that there was going to be a slow dance at the end, only ever one.
2: Yeah,
0: Slow dance was so that people would have a slow dance and that was the sign that the that Palais was closing because it was getting ready for the proper rockers coming in, the proper clubbers at night on a Saturday. So I just remember having my first slow dance in there. What was planned? And my first... And it was to True by Spandau Ballet. Of course it was. (laughs) And I told Martin Kemp that on the day he turned (laughs) up at his tenders. And I think I even had my first kiss to it. I think it all went hand in hand. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I remember that so vividly. I remember all of the, you know, hormonally, you're already, like, charged and your independence is, like, busting out of a cage. And then you're in a a nightclub that is for adults but you're a kid and it felt special so from a young age I knew that I loved dance going out and dancing yeah and it's sadly now it feels like that might never happen yeah you know
2: it will it's it it will it will come around in some strange form I'm sure it might take a little time but 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 I think
0: that you know when it even happens now when I with it's someone's birthday, you're out and you're clubbing or whatever. There will always be a ring
2: hmm. and
0: somebody pretending they can break dance in the middle. Yeah. That will still happen at this age. 100%. Pushing 50, I still try and break dance. 100%.
2: The room I'm in now, Tamsin, yeah. uh, this is like a little bar that in my shed type thing. <laughs> uh, I reckon probably about, it was, it was Christmas time. Pulled all the furniture out at about three o'clock in the morning. Obviously very, very drunk. Just so I had enough space to do a caterpillar. And it was like literally Could I do a caterpillar? Of course I couldn't do a caterpillar. I'm forty seven. Like literally just done (laughs) myself a right damage and like woke up the next day all sore, you know, kind of head shaken by the wife, just like, What was you doing? At the time, I thought I could nail it.
0: No, I know. The caterpillar actually
2: It's an ambitious move.
0: And the windmill, the
2: legs. Oh, if someone can rip out a windmill, like they're owning the floor, it
0: was big time, wasn't it? What was it, breaking and popping? Oh, yeah, it was so massive. Going out and seeing someone like properly popping
2: them—I
0: mean, that was yeah. So it was an art form in a way. So I love clubbing and watching. Like you come back buzzed up about the fact you've just seen someone. God, did you see that bloke? You know, (laughs) he'd done a (laughs) headspin. And I do often go to a a fancy dress as one member of Run run DMC and then, you know, try and pull out something. It's
2: a strong look, that. It's a strong look. Okay, let's bring you back to Essex, uh, Tamsin. For track six, a favourite song from an artist from your home county? Breathe. Oh, great tune. Absolutely
0: great tune. I changed my mind a few times, but then I've highlighted Breathe.
2: So... Did, have, you, have you seen The Prodigy Live?
0: Oh, yeah. Ali Pally was the last time.
2: Oh, wow. Oh, so you, you've seen them quite recently
0: then? Yeah. Um, and <sighs> Isle of White. Mm. Um... God, I've seen them loads of times. I feel like the last one was the one with the great big bus on the stage. Yeah. That was the last time I saw them. It was probably my favourite. I think... Do you know when you feel like you haven't listened to an album enough, and but you're watching them live? Yeah, and it annoyed me. I was like, why haven't I done my research? Because I didn't know a couple of tunes, and it really annoyed me. Yeah. When I looked around, people were mouthing the words, and I just felt a bit like what you've let yourself right down there.
2: I think like that the last Prodigy album, I thought was just really special. I thought what it felt like it was a really nice nod to the kind of lots of the kind of sounds, not so much the beats, but the sounds are very much harking back to the kind of, those early kind of hardcore and rave days of like... You know, eighty nine, ninety, and it felt like Liam was kind of. It felt like to me as a listener that he was kind of tipping his cap and acknowledging, you know, where they started, and had, had kind of then dropped all of them sounds over these incredible beats that he creates, and, and just made it sound really current and, and fresh. I thought it was an amazing album that last yeah. record. And I
0: think that be- between them, you you when you see them live, that you're never disappointed. Never. And I saw Stevie Wonder live, and I love him, and I was so disappointed. Yeah. So I think you know with The Prodigy that you are literally, you're in for a proper treat.
2: It's a ride. It's an absolute ride. And, you know, I've seen, I can't even imagine how many thousands of bands I've seen over the years. Um, Nothing has ever got close to being in a field in Chelmsford in 1998, yeah. And watching them come home and headline
0: just oh, after okay. Fat of the Land had That's come awesome.
2: out. And I, and I remember tapping my mate on the shoulder, they were playing Poison. And like and I was like, look at this. And I've the there however many thousands were just in unison bouncing. And it was like this is a moment. This is like yeah. felt like they'd come back to their own back garden just to kind of go right. This is where we're at now, and it was marvelous. It yeah. really was.
0: I, I don't. It's funny because I don't remember their rise. I I just always remember them being there.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: they've just always been there and always brilliant.
2: Yeah, and they always will be as well. I think they've just they're ingrained now in in club culture and in, in and in in pop culture and uh, as just this you know, iconic band. And, it, you know, when people talk about, you know, Blur and Oasis in the mid-90s and, and you know, that whole Britpop thing, for me, I just think of just the, the iconic image of uh, of Keith, and just, Keith, you, know, you know, and, know. and, and seeing Firestar, him running down that, you know, that train uh, in, in the underground in, in the video at Firestar, I just thinking it was one of the most... Visceral, exciting things I'd ever seen, and, yeah. and and that's without the music. Then once that drops, it's like, oh my god, this. I know.
0: This,
2: but I, as you can tell, I'm a fan, so I can confuse uh, oh, about the right. prodigy all day long. Um, Tamsin, for your last track, um, yeah. you can uh, use this as an opportunity to to play DJ, and it's a song that many may not know that you yes. want to hear.
0: It's a song that struck me, and I don't know. How well it did, but I remember hearing it and thinking, "This is really beautiful," and it's Tom Baxter, "My Declaration." Mm-hmm. Don't know if you know it. I do, yeah. And um, it was a time I think where I wasn't particularly happy, and it was one of those anthems that you listen to and cry.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so <did> it- <laughs> almost a bit. If a bit of, I mean, I love. Music is therapy, isn't it? It's like, and that you listen to different things at different times. And I think it's one of those songs that when people go, God, I really love that. And I go, wait till you hear this. Listen to this. So that, I mean, so weird, isn't it? Because there are so many.
2: Are you you one of them uh, people, Tamsin, that if you're feeling low and you're having a blue day, Do you go and reach for the best of steps and go and like throw yourself around the front room or or put on bucks Fears? or do you think right? Okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna embrace this and I'm gonna you know I'm I'm gonna acknowledge these emotions and listen to something that's gonna complement, bring them out a
0: bit quicker.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly (laughs) that. Yeah.
0: Like, fast track it.
2: Yeah, come on, let's get yeah. straight to the tears. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> let's get it
0: all out now because, you know, at seven, I've got that. And...
2: <laughs> exactly.
0: Um, it does, it actually depends at what stage in life I am. And at the moment, I'm in quite a, a contented place. So I feel like. Um, I'm not scared of any of the emotions that come up. And when it comes up, yeah, sometimes I will listen to, sometimes I really just want to listen to Marvin Gaye.
2: Yeah, yeah. That, that's um, my go-to. Is it? What's going on album What's by Marvin Gaye?
0: What's going on? I've yeah. got the lyrics on a big poster in my bedroom oh, wall. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, it's
2: just unbelievable. That album's like, that's my go-to.
0: Yeah, it's just heaven, isn't it?
2: Yeah. So I
0: think, yeah, I will always, I can always listen to Marvin and that groove and just, you know, sit with whatever mood I'm in. And then, I don't know, I suppose if you want to, like if I want to dance about the kitchen with my kids, you know, we'll do anything from Katy Perry to God knows what, you know, something that the the three of us can have a proper boogie to roar. Yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah, the, the, the spectrum. I mean, the, there's such a plethora of different styles that happen in our house.
2: Yeah, it's the best and, way, though.
0: Yeah, and I mean, just lately, I've been mean, listening to a lot of like chill, smooth, chill. Right. Which makes you feel like you're in, in Ibiza in the '90s, you know?
2: It's worse and, places to be. <laughs>
0: yeah, and I'm not sure why like, that's been a go-to. Yes. Um, but then. The other go-to for us is Classic FM.
2: Yeah, that do and it. And that
0: does make me feel like, I think we, I'm getting a bit old, but even my bloke who's much younger than me, he'll put it on. Yeah. And we'll have the whole day pottering, doing bits, do, you know, working, doing whatever, and you realise you're in a really calm place. Yeah, definitely. And a lot of that is to do with the music that you let into your life, I think.
2: hundred percent. Couldn't agree more. So as we find ourselves... Um, following that little light at the end of the tunnel and finding our way out of lockdown. Um, what are you looking forward to and what's coming up?
0: What I'm looking forward to is being able to go to the theatre again.
2: Yeah. Because am I right in saying my, my, my wife um, uh, went to London at the weekend and walked past a the theatre and there was a picture of you uh, outside it. So should you have been on stage right now? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So the Playhouse Theatre, we were doing the Seagull, and all my stuff still in the dressing room. I still haven't been to pick it up. And it was Amelia Clark playing yeah. the lead, Nina, and you know, Chekhov done in modern day. And we'd done five previews. All our dressing room was all set out.
2: I only we done the done previews,
0: and then five previews. Oh, we were coming no. up to press night on the Thursday, yeah. and on the Monday sixteenth, we were shut down because everything just went suddenly. Oh. And it was really sudden, although there was a big build and then Broadway stopped. Yeah. So I think if we go back, and we will go back at some point. It's just Amelia and Amelia's committed to it. So we are waiting to hear and and, and when we find out about that, that's something I'm really looking forward to. Yeah. And I'm I'm doing um a lovely part in a BBC one four parter. And so I'm just on the the brink at the moment of going in next week to have the COVID test and yeah the makeup test and I don't believe anything until I'm actually there on the set at the moment. So, so I'm looking forward to doing that. Yeah. And I suppose I'm looking forward to being able to go to a venue again and hearing someone sing, Yeah, watching some theatre. I mean, I think a shared experience. Definitely. Now after this with many people is going to be a very emotional thing.
2: Definitely. Definitely. Tamsin, It's been an absolute joy talking records with you. Thanks so much for your time today.
0: Thank you.
2: And I wish you all the best uh, when we come out of this and, uh, and you can get back on stage and do what you do best.
0: Thank you so much.
2: Thanks loads, Tamsin. There you have it. Wonderful episode. Um, Tamsin was an absolute joy to, uh, to chat to. uh, And I hope you got as much joy listening to that as, uh, as I did have in that chat. Um, Yeah, uh, thanks once again to uh, Tamsin for for giving up her time uh, to chat records with me. Uh, Mentioned uh, at the beginning, so I'll just give you another quick nudge. If you enjoyed that, then go and have a look in the archives because there's over 170 episodes of chat with some amazing creative people, whether they be actors, producers, DJs, comedians, uh, everything, everything in the creative field, uh, I've spoke to them all. So go and have a rummage and find the one that you want to listen to. And, uh, and better still, subscribe. That really helps. Subscribe to this podcast and it just pops up each week on your listening device without having to worry about anything. I'm back next time. Um, have a lovely week. Thanks again for listening. And uh, yeah, be excellent to each other and see you soon. Bye-bye. I've got an announcement. Save Our Souls Clothing www.sosclothing.co.uk. Why am I telling you this? Because they're our official sponsor. Yeah, that's right. Go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale. You're going to love it. So they've decided they want to be our sponsor, which is amazing. And what I have to do is I have to tell you about why they're amazing. So here's a little bit of blurb. So they've only been going a year. And they're based in Southend-on-Sea, just up the road from me. They put the company together based on a, a love of tattoos and alternative music. And they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable and water-based inks. In addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fair Wear Foundation. I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. So if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk, do a bit of shopping, see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code BEAT15, B-E-A-T-1-5, and that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk. Official sponsors of Off The Beat & Track Podcast. It's Off The Beat & Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stew
1: Whipping. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.